0: Hello and welcome to Control Walt Delete, a new podcast from The Verge. I'm Neil Patel, I'm the editor in chief of Verge, and as always, I'm joined by Walt Mossberg, our executive editor and one of the co-founders of Recode. Hey, Walt, how's it going? It's going great, Neil. Uh, so I actually want to do something a little bit different uh, on this, our third episode. We're already changing it up. So usually our structure is going to be we start with your current column this of the week, and then we kind of step back in the archive. But you wrote this week about uh, ads in the web, and we've been Talking about ads on the web, particularly on mobile. um, For about a month now, I wrote a column. uh, Jim Bankoff, our CEO, just did a guest spot on Chris Plant's podcast, What's Tech, which I encourage everybody to listen to, because he explains how it is we actually make money, um, which is crazy, and I didn't actually know all the details, so you should go listen to that. Um, But it turns out, Walt has been writing about ads on the web for something like 15 years. And I just want to read this column from 1999. This is February 25th, 1999. And it's actually just incredible. The language here is incredible. So, uh, unfortunately, the Freedom Skip ads hasn't been easily available on the World Wide Web, where garish pitches abound. It has been a particular problem because on the Internet, ads not only distract you, they significantly slow down your entire surfing experience. And then because it's 1999, you write, People with dial-up modems often find themselves waiting for web pages to materialize while bandwidth-hogging graphical ad banners download ever so slowly. Now, this is 1999. You are talking about old-school desktop PCs with modems connected in the service providers like AOL and CompuServe and you know, your local ISP over, over phone lines. But you could take that paragraph and change just some of the words and be talking about what users are now complaining with their mobile phones and I think that is just absolutely crazy. So let's get into it. So what has changed for, since then and gotten better and what, what has gotten worse do you think in your estimation?
1: Well, I think some ads have, have gotten <clears> – <throat>
0: excuse me – have gotten better and more
1: useful. Um, but and, and on the desktop, desktops have gotten so much more powerful and bandwidth has gotten faster, at least in developed countries. That I think we've noticed the problem I was pointing out in 1999 a lot less on our PCs and Macs. I think uh, what's happened is since so much of our web activity and our uh, online activity in general has switched to mobile, where there's less power, you're sometimes on cellular networks that are slower or slower, you know, public Wi Fi, and the canvas. The, the visual canvas you're working on for the browser is smaller, even on big phones, than on, you know say, a 13-inch uh, laptop or a big desktop. I think these issues have all surfaced again, which was a point I made in the, in the column I wrote this morning. I mean we had a big to-do about this a decade or longer ago because of pop-up ads and because of slow bandwidth. I think we're having it again now because of the particular nature of mobile.
0: Yeah, but <clears> – <throat> And this is something I was thinking about. You know, when the when the first iPhone came out, and then when the the whole raft of Android phones came out after that, it always felt to me like we we had reached a pinnacle of sort of what desktop computers could do, and we understood the platform, and there was a level of I don't know customization that you could do with a PC, and you know the the we had gotten to a place where the power was almost taken for granted, and now we were talking really about what they could do and the different ways you could integrate desktop computers in our lives. And then mobile arrived, and suddenly all of those kinds of powerful experiences went out the window. All the energy and investment went into uh, mobile experiences. And we it's like their industry experienced a complete reset of how computers should work in your life. And now it's funny because yesterday I went to a Microsoft event, and I saw Microsoft say, with our new phone, you can plug in a keyboard and a mouse – and it becomes a windows pc. Right. And it's it, it, we're almost back at the same exact moment where the phones are so powerful that we should be able to they should be able to basically do anything. And we're saying they can do anything. And now we need to like get into the weeds of what do we really want them to do and what can we strip away from the experience? And it's it's just that it's crazy to me that 15 years later we're talking once again about well, th- this thing is so powerful, but actually, the online ads are are cutting back the experience. Well,
1: I I I think you know what you saw yesterday at Microsoft was uh, a strategy they're pursuing of taking a phone running Windows ten on it, which is the same thing that runs on their PCs, with a special kind of adapter, and they're imagining it in a setting where there's. Good bandwidth. And of course, once you plug it in, you have a lot of real estate on the screen. I want to just repeat my point. I think if you're with a phone, whether it's a Windows phone or an iPhone or an Android phone, um, and you're out on a cellular network, you don't have that bandwidth. So every bit of bandwidth is precious. And in that way, you're back to the earlier days of PCs. And you're not plugged into a big monitor. So the size of your screen, even if you have a big phone, a phablet, uh, the size of your screen is much smaller. So if an ad covers up a big part of the screen, uh, you're going to see a lot less of it than even on a, on a computer. So I do think there's a difference. It's not that phones aren't as powerful as computers were a few years ago. It's just that um, used by themselves, naked, you know, out in the wild, you have some of the disadvantages you used to have with PCs.
0: So why do you think the ads have gotten? I mean, again, and I just think keep thinking about this concept of a reset, right? It's to me, it's you know, there was one paradigm of computing, which was the desktop computer, and now there's the second major paradigm, which is mobile, right? Um, And you know, and all those are those categories are mixing and mashing in interesting ways over time. But those are the those are the two big epochs, basically. Um, But it feels like we're now at the point with mobile where we're saying is the business model of advertising-supported web compatible with the mobile phone, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I yes, but I think there's one other thing, and I want to get to the point. The point I was trying to make in the column this morning, which is also uh, very relevant to this, but there's one other really important thing, which is apps, um, right. There, there were there were apps, and in fact, people used the words "the word app" back then. Just the general public didn't. uh the general public called them programs, but there were apps for Windows and for Mac uh, and, and, and for Linux. In the old days, they typically didn't did not, uh, you know, talk to a to a cloud backend, right? And they. There wasn't any business model for them other than you paid for the apps. I mean you, you remember you used to pay hundreds of dollars for Office and Photoshop and whatever you had to buy. So that was the business model there. Now on on phones uh, you and on tablets, you have apps and apps are um, – some of them might be purely local and some of them cost you 10 or 20 bucks or something. But as you know, most of them cost you nothing or 99 cents. And most of them are, are essentially browsers for very specific kinds of functions with very uh, tailored UI. And they are competing with the web browser on your phone. Even if your phone has several distinct web browsers with distinct rendering engines, which I know the iPhone does not. Uh, it doesn't matter because the web is slow on mobile devices and is competing with apps that can be faster. Yes, there there are ads being sold in apps, but they're pretty small and then they're pretty low weight. At well, least this is, as but this of now. is kind of the
0: point that you're making, though it's it, and uh, you know having read all of your columns over time, you wrote one. Um, oh, what year is this? Uh, this is 2005 uh, about how tracking cookies are spyware, right? Right, and it's. What's funny is Facebook is tracking the hell out of you, right? Like, they just are. Like, that's how Facebook makes its money. They don't charge you a dime. They track your likes. They know your social graph. They know where you've been. They are looking at your photos on Instagram, their own WhatsApp. Presumably one day they're going to know who you're messaging. Um, And you just look at that and you're like, they are – Facebook is really deeply tracking you. And so when I'm at my house – in Brooklyn, I see lots of, and it's like they know when my lease is up. My lease is up in a month, <laughs> um, and like I'm just seeing ad after ad for high rise apartment buildings. And I'm like, does Facebook know that my lease is up? That that or, would
1: be a It would be
0: incredible if they did. But like suddenly these ads have shown. Up. Maybe everyone's lease is up in a month.
1: Although actually, at the moment. When this publishes, everyone in the world will know your leases.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you got an apartment building in Brooklyn for a reasonable price, uh, call me. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm just saying it, it. That doesn't seem to bother people. What, and, and I think that's really interesting. It, like, well, I look, think there's
1: a slight difference. I, yeah. I don't want to defend everything uh, uh, Facebook does. I've I've actually had some you know discussions with with Mark about privacy. Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so their they, their record is not perfect, but there is a slight difference, and 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 this will help me maybe segue into another point. Um, Facebook is a is a social network. They make no bones about um, you know collecting social graph information, not only for advertising purposes, but for, for purposes of kind of matching you up with other people nearby or people who might who who you might be interested in coming friends with or following or whatever I mean it's built kind of into the fabric of it you voluntarily sign up for it and you're there. The difference I think with the, uh, the general kind of web ad that you see on uh, uh, content sites which could be any kind of content sites they not just news sites they could be I don't know quilting sites it doesn't matter um, is you're not you're not opting into anything. And you're not even aware – not only are they not asking your permission to scrape a lot of information about you and, by the way, to follow you off that site to other places on the web, but but they're not even notifying you that they're doing it. I mean smart people like Verge readers know this is going on and some other people in the general public know what's going on. But even people that know what's going on I don't think know what's going on – to the extent it is, there are often scores now of, and, and this is different than in 1999 when I wrote that. There are scores of you know analytics firms and others that come along with every ad um, and that track you all around. And yeah, they say we're we're not personalizing the data, we're aggregating it. And point I was trying to make this morning is: look, a bargain was made when the web started, continues into the mobile web. The bargain is. Give us some personal information and we will give you great ads that really are highly relevant to you. And my point in the column this morning was uh, you know, all the things you wrote in your essay are true um, about slowing down the web, actually being a threat to the web because people don't like going to the web on phones because the pages are so heavy and they load so slowly and they use your data plan and, and, And you're only maybe on a lower-speed network. But it's not only that. They haven't kept either side of this bargain because, first of all, they're they're spying on you without your knowledge or permission. And Come on, guys. I mean it's (laughs) 2015. They could – add. I I said – I wrote in this thing this morning that I would opt in to letting them have certain kinds of information about me if I felt confident that I was going to get great ads. But that's the other side of the bargain they're not keeping. I don't know about you, Neil. But when I go around the web, I don't see fantastic ads that are really narrowly tailored to me. Even though they know a lot about me, I don't because I haven't been using ad blockers or anything. Uh, they know a lot about me, but um, you know, one of the examples I used is I bought baby books. Uh, for a friend who had given birth as a as a baby gift, and and I, start, I saw ads yeah. for baby books, and they you know this was on Amazon. It's a little different, uh, maybe than the general web, but um, these algorithms should understand that Walt Mossberg has a certain right. buying pattern, and no. this is kind of an anomaly. This happened once. So right. why bother showing them more ads about But, the, but then books.
0: they need more data about you. It's, I, I, I yeah, the same thing? So I bought a pair of headphones yeah. and then Amazon suggested every other color of that pair of headphones as right. like things you might be interested in. Right. And I was Which like, no, I – It's dumb I already,
1: psychology. It's dumb psychology. Needed, like I already right. picked
0: the headphones. Like I exactly. picked the color I wanted. <laughs> I looked you, at all those you, colors, you. I made a choice. Like I'm right. done now. And so, it's like you might be interested in like green headphones. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I just so oh, need
1: it. Well, I mean, I had it happen with boxer shorts, you know. I mean,
0: Underwear seems to be the dominant theme of ad tracking. Every like <laughs> I listened I don't know if you listen to, to Jim Bankoff on the What's Tech Show, but uh, Chris Plant and he had a, a long conversation on underwear ads following you around the internet. Yeah, if no, there's I mean, one scourge we can I think all agree on every side of the debate. It's it's wiping underwear ads that follow you on the internet off the face of the earth.
1: Well, I, I, look, uh, obviously there's lots of different kinds of people that that have lots of attitudes about all kinds of apparel, but <laughs> but most men do very not very buy, politic, my friend, do not buy underwear frequently. So if, <laughs> if you buy a bunch of boxer shorts, what are the odds you're going to want to buy some more? An hour later. Yeah. I mean, really, what are the odds? Well, then you got are... a really
0: good deal. You're like, you know, I should have gone all the way in. Uh, <laughs> maybe,
1: you never know. Maybe. So I'm going to read. So I'm, so, so, I'm going to so, read.
0: So, so I don't want to. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I, if if it was transparent, if I knew what they were collecting, if I could just check off, you can collect this, you can collect this, you, can, you can't collect this. And I, I would opt into that. In If in turn they would use that information to get smarter. And, and and I don't know if I bought uh, you know boxer shorts maybe they'd show me ads for undershirts or something you know I don't know but uh,
0: something smarter well so I'm going to read it's funny because you say smarter uh, and I, you know you obviously wrote, I, I have a great interest in everybody reading your column this week because then you can see our ads and we'll get paid but I'm fascinated <laughs> by some of these old <laughs> columns because to me what we're the place that we're at is there is an absolutely uncomfortable sense that the data is helping make the products better, and people actually like that, and then a sense that it's it's getting worse and worse over time. And it's really hard to measure the sense that it's getting worse against the sense that we're accruing as consumers some benefit. So here's one. This is literally, uh, your headline is, Despite others' claims, tracking cookies fit my spyware definition. Uh, this is July 14, 2005, by Walt. And it, this is literally the first paragraph. Suppose you bought a TV set that included a component to track what you watched, then reported that data back to a company that used or sold it for advertising purposes. Only nobody told you the tracking technology was there or asked your permission to use it. You would likely be outraged at this violation of privacy. It's now 10 years later, and virtually every cable box does this. Netflix does this. Hulu does it. Netflix, one of our most popular stories last week was Netflix knows the episode of the TV series that's going to get you hooked, right? So it's it's the fourth episode of House of Cards. You're hooked. You're going to watch the rest of the series. They've now done data at this level. And we're all like, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing I think about is, like, box office numbers, right? Everyone loves Hollywood box office. What no, what movie is at the top of the charts? Was movie at the bottom? That is in effect a collection of data. You go and pay, and the theater makes money. Yeah, there's the a big
1: out. no, but there's a big difference. But no, it's the, interesting because we love we
0: love the idea of data being used to improve things, to improve and we the kind of the hate product. the idea of the data collection.
1: Yeah, I just I just all I'm calling for is what I was calling for a long time ago in in that column. But, but I'm, I'm saying, are you
0: are you now it's make, it,
1: make it open. Get sure. out of the shadows. If what you're doing is a legitimate business practice, get out of the shadows. And if you're using my personal information,
0: ask me. Right. T- tell me. That's a good point. But a, are you outraged by coupon. the fact that Comcast ships X1 boxes that do that track what you watch? And they, they're not out in the open about it. And literally you're saying, imagine you bought a TV set, and you'd be well, outraged if it was tracking and if, they didn't tell you about
1: they, it. If they, well, first of all, Web tracking goes much deeper than just what am I watching. I mean, it does a lot. But um, but yeah, they should be held to the same standard. They should. There should be a thing that asks. Right. You know. I mean, Steve Jobs once said in an interview we did with him at one of our conferences about privacy. He he said you have to ask people and ask them again and ask them again. And that's why on an iPhone you have those annoying things. But that on might, an iPhone, that, that pop up and say, "Do you know such and such an app wants to wants to know know your location even when you're yeah. not using the app? Well, do no, you the, want to allow this?"
0: But that does You know what? You know what? Apps never do that. Apple Maps, you, right, it, Like Apple Maps, it never says Apple Maps is still using your location, and. There's a button in the iPhone that says "Limit Ad Tracking" because Apple runs an ad network that serves Apple News. It can do location-based Apple Radio ads. It can do all this. It can do all the same stuff that everybody else does. And you can turn it off. You can hit "Limit Ad Tracking," but that if they, it's like it's on, but it's not on by default, right? You have to go conclusively tell mm-hmm. Apple you want to limit their ad tracking of you, right. and that is not presented to you during the iPhone setup process. That's not. It doesn't pop like you use Google Maps on the iPhone, and it's always telling you that it's spying on you, right? Google Maps is still using your location; the header is still blue, you know, thirty seconds after you've quit the app. But it never says, "Hey, we're also paying attention to you." Do you want to? It never asks you as much as it asks you about other other apps. Well, they
1: should do better, and so should Comcast on X One. Everybody should do better.
0: So, what do you think uh, the solution is? It is it really just the whole I history? honestly
1: think the solution is reform, which was the word I used. I think the system is broken um, partly because as you pointed out, it will drive people to ad blockers and if it dri- – and that's a very blunt weapon and that's going to hurt. Maybe it won't hurt Fox Media and some other big companies very much but it will hurt you know, smaller publishers and that's a problem. Uh, so how do you prevent that? You prevent that by doing two things, by – uh, being more transparent and less promiscuous about data collection. I mean, you don't really need, you know, 62 different uh, trackers with every ad that's laid down. I mean, there's got to be some way the industry can set a standard where it can, it can do this. And it can either at least tell you but, uh, and let you opt out. I would prefer opting in, but they're never going to do that. So they should <laughs> at least may, may, let you opt out. I mean as I put out in the column, they, you know, from one of these earlier controversies, they put in a, a thing with a little blue triangle. You click on it. And I, I think it doesn't actually uh, stop you from seeing an ad. It just stops you from seeing a targeted ad. Um, so it's kind of a – I don't know. But I looked around the web when I was preparing this column. I didn't didn't see any of those blue triangles. Uh, I think maybe one. Um, so you know, they need to do something to make data collection more palatable to people. Oh, it's not, I click
0: on the blue blue triangle every time I see one of those box of short ads. That's, that's the only time I think about. It. I'm like, I really want to stop seeing this ad. Um, right, but they're not they're not everywhere.
1: You know, and, no, they're they're not even in most of the ads that I see. And on, then so, and then secondly, be you know, once you have some data that you've Told me about, or or I've either opted into or at least not opted out of, with a clear opportunity to opt out of. Once you have some of that data, um, use it in a far smarter way. You know, don't tell Neli who just bought a hundred and fifty dollar set of, of 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 headphones, hey, buy another hundred and fifty dollar set in another color. I mean, it's kind of a dumb. Add. It's not that. It really, if you think about it, Neil, it's not that much different than saying, oh, a certain demographic watches this TV show, so we're going to advertise pills for this kind of malady because that's the general age range that watches that show, or we're going to advertise something else, you know, breakfast cereal or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's crude. Um, But, you know, this, and this is better, but it's not that much better. It's surprisingly crude for a data driven thing.
0: Right and, uh, that's what I keep coming back to. I think a lot of you know it's it, it's easy to get caught up in the fact that like yeah and you mentioned this in this this week's column like our ads or our salaries are paid by ads like there's layers of independence in between literally in our offices here there's glass walls separating the sales department from the editorial right. department and that's very important to me but ultimately the company's revenue comes from sales of advertising, not only on the web but across many kinds of platforms. And now there's new kinds of advertising, and there's native advertising, and they build websites for companies now. Like there's a whole business over there that you know we try to stay as independent of as as, as humanly possible. Like I see them sometimes in the kitchen, and I say hello. You know, I'm not rude. That's very
1: uh, it's very nice of you, and it's
0: much appreciated. I think <laughs> yeah, by them. I, I think they like it. But yeah. uh, we maintain a, 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 as much independence as we can. And so it's it's actually interesting from our perspective to say, well, you know, these industry shifts are going to somehow affect my business, but I actually I get paid to not care about that that side of the house sometimes. Like it's that that's the whole point of this is that we're going to be editorially independent. We have credibility. People are going to read us, and then the advertisers are going to borrow some of our credibility and authority by putting their ads next to our copy. Right? That's the that's sort of the grand bargain. And if you go back you know, I think about great magazine advertising. That's sort of yeah, what we want to right. display ads on the Verge to like always look like is big, bold, beautiful, graphical.
1: Yeah, and um, you see and you see those in some places online. You see them in in Flipboard, you see them in, you know, if you go to the uh, New Yorker or something like that, you'll see that kind of thing. But
0: what's interesting, I just read a, you know, the September issue of Vogue came out. Um, and they they literally measure how successful it is by how many ad pages are in it. Uh, yeah, there was just a Sunday issue of uh, the New York Times, and they were like, "It weighs four pounds." Some I don't know if it weighs four pounds. It was some crazy number. It was extremely right. heavy, and they're like, "Yeah, it was just had a lot of stuff, and the advertisers were really into this issue, and it you know it just got really heavy."
1: It's just uh, their it's just their version of unique, or but that's some but, other but
0: that's literally but it's like fine. how much does
1: the Verge weigh? I've right, but, that's, but
0: we're measuring it, right? <laughs> you and I, what we're talking about is if we load up The Verge with too many ads and trackers, we're going to kill your battery life and we're going to – your phone has right. limited bandwidth. So, so we're going to so, have a bad but, well, network. But, but then the, the cost not, of the ads in the print bundle are like – it's like it physically is heavy. Yeah,
1: but it's a different human experience. Those ads aren't interactive. They can't know anything about you. Right. It, except you know the new york times and the wall street journal and your hometown uh, newspaper presumably has some kind of readership study <laughs> that they do not on a every you know ours is every second every minute but you know they they can they can tell you so many much percentage of our readers buy whiskey so you should yeah, put yeah. Your whiskey wet ads here you know I, I worked at the wall street journal for many years when it was just print and that's what they did. But I just want to I want to stress even as far back as 1999 and still today in this column today I am not against ads right. and I am not and I am not for a world where people feel the need, you know, there'll always be a small percentage, but where very many people feel the need to turn to ad blockers. I'm begging for a, reform, not about begging. I'm scolding.
0: For a, yeah, for there's a, always a there's a fine line with Walt. He's yeah. he's asking, and then he's begging, and then he's actually just scolding you. Yeah, I'm ranting. It's a rant. Um,
1: but but you know, but I honestly believe, you know, I'm not making it up. Uh, uh, I think, I think the the data collection, since everybody understands it, or a lot of people understand it that's happening now, let's bring it out in the damn open. Right. Let's just say, this is what we're doing. You can opt into the, you tell us what categories you really don't want us to track or what categories you want us to track. Whatever. Or at least let me opt out. Do you one or a the a company other. like Google And on, or- their, on their own, they ought to limit. I mean, you know this better than I do, I think, uh, because, because you're running a, a, a big website. But there are... The layers of data collection devices oh, yeah. that are invisible, that are put on ads everywhere on our site, but also everywhere, are may have gotten out of
0: hand. They just may have gotten out. Oh, of no. hand. Oh no! And you know, it, it's actually funny uh, today. Another piece of news that to happened today. Um, I guess yesterday was Microsoft and today Google. But Google uh, rolled out uh, Google Accelerated Mobile Pages today. Right, uh, and we're a launch partner. So if you go to, uh, there's a link on our site. You can go. You can just Google uh, Google AMP, uh, and you can search The Verge, and then you get much faster Verge pages, where JavaScript is forbidden, where the advertising payload is narrowly restricted. I mean, the thing is just lightning fast, right? It's they've just cut down the web to something that loads really fast on mobile browsers.
1: And frankly, if you download one of these ad blockers that iOS, yeah, allowed, they're doing they're literally doing the same. It thing. It does very much the same thing. Yeah, uh,
0: and it's a cra- it's crazy to me. I, you know, it, Google is an advertising supported business, right? It that is. It was such a revolutionary model for a company like Google to achieve its scale and its ambition and its revenue and its pro- all the just to be Google to be a company like Google. That well, does maybe nothing.
1: they're sending a message to the advertisers to uh, to to skinny this thing to stuff down.
0: Well, no, I think they're. I think they're. It's not. A, Google is not in a position to send messages, right? They have to. They depend on the advertisers. So they, they're they're trying to get everybody together and, and work it so that they can all, you know, everybody can succeed and the web will succeed. Whereas you know, Apple is just like whatever, just use Apple News. Like we're tracking you in there too with our iAds, and we're going to serve you ads in Apple News. And Facebook is like whatever, just use Facebook. We're tracking you in here too, but it's faster. And what I, what I sense over and over again is that people kind of don't give a shit about. The tracking is like a red herring for a lot of our readers, because they love the services, right? They they love using things. They love using Facebook for free. They love getting apps for free. That's that's just the mobile economy. But this anything that makes things slower, they will retaliate against. I,
1: I understand. I get it. I I was just making a different point.
0: Uh, no, which... I, I, it's. I, I just think. I think about this. A lot. So I, I, I will say I, this: I, We have on the verge. We have cleaned. We we have had a huge performance audit. Uh, and one thing that made me happy today was that somebody confused our regular page with an AMP page uh, because the regular page has gotten so much faster. And I was like, okay, we're making some progress here. But there is stuff on our regular page like Facebook login buttons where Facebook has to put JavaScript on our page so that you can log into our site with Facebook. Right. And that is a big question for me, right? Like as we, as we are stewards of our own product – do I want to put Facebook's JavaScript code on our site? Even though I know lots of people like to use Facebook to log into our site. But it's, for some other people it might slow it down. And for other people it might not care at all. And so I think that it's that set of questions. It's not just about ads. It's not just about performance. It's about what is, what do we as people who make websites and, and journalism professionally, what do we want to do? Our readers to experience from us, and how many other pieces of that puzzle are we willing to sign away to a third party? And that's like kind of fundamentally the pro you know, it's like it's I have more control over it in one way and less control than ever because I'm letting a third party put code Uh, into our website. But in the same way that when you wrote for the journal, like you didn't get to say what ads went next to your column.
1: Well, uh, the journal in the old days actually had a policy that, um, Uh, You know, first of all, you couldn't buy an ad based on it going next to a particular article. Oh, really? And 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 secondly, uh, sometimes if they thought an ad was going to embarrass an advertiser, they would tell them and move it somewhere (laughs) else in the paper, but um, or a different day or something like that. But um, all I'm saying is, you everything that you just expressed about wanting to make sure that the Verge experience is the right experience, which you know we could talk forever about that because <laughs> it goes into you know video and photos and art and posts and everything else but um, I, yeah I'm just saying I don't understand why the the ad industry itself isn't isn't doing a better job on both ends of this bargain that's all
0: yeah and I, I you know I, I think my answer kind of and this is a little bit of a defeatist answer but so yeah. it is is that people love free stuff so much they'll take a bad deal. Well, fine.
1: Then it shouldn't be any problem for them to come out into the into the open and and say, "Look, you, That's you know, point. you he, here we are. Fine. This is what we're I can, doing." I
0: concede uh, that you. I can see that is an excellent point. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, just real quick, we've we kind of hit our time here as we always do. But yep. you're at Code Mobile this week. Do you want to do uh, just a couple of minutes? Tell people what's going on at Code Mobile. What to yeah. Expect? So
1: you know we have. Uh, the code conferences. We have a really big one in the spring, and then we have uh, Code Mobile, Code Media, Code Enterprise, and uh, you know, since our, our uh, acquisition by Vox Media, the conference expertise we had had at Recode is coming over to all of Vox Media, and I think o- over the coming years you're going to see more great conferences. And these are journalistic conferences. So Code Mobile is. Two days, today and tomorrow. It's in um, Half Moon Bay, uh, south of San Francisco. And it's uh, not just sort of vaguely mobile, because everything's mobile, but it's focusing on three main areas. Um, uh, one is wearables, uh, one is payments, and one is cars. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's kind of mobile past the smartphone. Um, and there is a lineup of great speakers, there's a great audience and uh, I have a small part in it. Uh, it's, the producer is Ina Fried who's the mobile uh, uh, correspondent for Recode and uh, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think news will be made. I think insights will be gleaned and I think people will uh, do a lot of good networking. So it's uh, you know, it's another kind of – we call it live journalism mm-hmm. and I think it's a – It's another legitimate kind of journalism that's out there.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm looking – I know that you've got John Chen from BlackBerry on stage. We do. I'm excited. He gave that absolutely disastrous – Demo. Of yeah, YouTube. he's
1: refusing to do the same demo. I'm, I'm told. Oh, he won't. Do
0: it. <laughs> you got to get him to do it. He called it the. He called uh, Android the Google for like five minutes. It was he, a, awful. Yeah,
1: I, I understand. I think that probably
0: exists on tape somewhere. Uh, but, wait, uh, I'm I'm actually dying to see that phone. So anyway, so I, I'm excited about all that and all the news coming at Code Mobile. I know you've got to get back to it. Uh, I do. Always a pleasure. Uh, if you've enjoyed this show, The Verge has lots of other podcasts if you enjoy online advertising which I'm sure you do uh, please listen to What's Tech we had our CEOs <laughs> on it this week uh, we have Verge ESP with Emily Ishida and Liz Lopato uh, we have The Vergecast, which I'm hosting in tomorrow we're going to get deep into Microsoft on that show tomorrow uh, and we Is that it? I think that's it. Those are all our shows. We have four shows. Is that it? (laughs) uh, There's more to come. I actually, I I want to start doing a little bit more podcasting. So uh, there's more to come. If you have ideas for other shows you'd like to see or or hear, uh, let me know. Walt is at Walt Mossberg on Twitter. I know he loves getting your tweets after the show. I'm at Reckless. I also love getting your tweets. Hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a good review. Say what you like, what you don't like. We love hearing all the feedback you can send us. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Bye.